Welcome to our podcast from the Episcopal Diocese of Central Pennsylvania as we explore the way of love, practices for a Jesus-centered life. I'm Audrey Scanlon, the Bishop of Central Pennsylvania, and it's my privilege to interview people from around our region on how they're practicing and living into the way of love. The seven practices of the way of love are turn, learn, pray, worship, bless, go, and rest. Today we have Gina Bautista from St. John's in Marietta and Veronica Chapel from Trinity Church in Jersey Shore and Christ Church in Williamsport. And they're both here to talk to us about the practice of go and how that's drawn them closer to Jesus. So welcome to both of you. Thank you. Thanks for taking the time to be here. I thought we'd just start with having you introduce uh, yourselves to our listeners. Veronica, why don't you start? As Audrey said, I'm Veronica Chapel. I'm a rector of two churches in the diocese. Um, and the thing we're going to talk about today is transform Jersey Shore um, in a little town in the center of Jersey Shore where we uh, do home repairs for people. Thanks. And my name is Gina, and um, the priest at St. John's in Marietta. And I'm very involved with ALERT, which stands for the All Lancaster Episcopal Response Team. It's a collaborative um, ministry of the 10 Episcopal churches in the Lancaster Convocation. Uh, and it's unique in the diocese. Um, so that's what I'm here to talk about. Thank you. I've had a chance to participate in Veronica's program. I haven't done much with ALERT yet, but before we get into talking about your individual programs, I want to talk a little bit more broadly about the way of love. And it's something that was offered to us this summer at general, this past summer at General Convention and packaged for us as a rule of life, if you will. Uh, the first um, time it was offered to us, it was offered or offered to the presiding bishop, it came out as a, uh, a series of six practices, actually. And he took a look at it and he said, I think we're missing something. And the one that we had missed or that the team of developers had missed was rest. <laughs> so, so the way of love got a little bigger and, I, and better, I think, for that. But your project, of course, is the antithesis of rest. It's go. So we're going to talk about that. But um, first, because it's been packaged as a rule of life, I'm wondering uh, if you have had in your own lives a rule of life before the way of love or how, if you have had a way of a uh, rule of life, if that's intersected at all with the seven practices here. At various times, I have um, followed set rules of life, the Benedictine rule of life. Uh, right now, I pretty much restrict myself to just doing an exam at the end of the day. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that we, when we follow Jesus, we're, if we're paying attention to all that Jesus had to tell us, we... Uh, we end up pretty much following the way of love, maybe with the exception of rest. Yeah. 
When you do your examine, is there a specific pattern that you follow, or is it just sort of that that pillow prayer? It's really that pillow prayer and checking in with my gut. Mm-hmm. Um, if I'm ready to go to sleep and all is calm, um, I know that I have not offended God that day. Uh, <laughs> if I have that, if I have that little tension in my belly, then I know I need to think about the day more fully. Mm-hmm. Good. How about you, Gina? Uh, I do have a rule of life. Um, um, by the grace of God and the rooms of AA, I've been sober for over 12 years now, so that is my mm-hmm. rule mm-hmm. of life. Um, and the 12 steps are, <laughs> they're, they're actually um, a Christian life. Um, mm-hmm. And, and I often wonder what people who aren't in recovery do because it is just such a great way to, to pattern your life. Um, so I, I, I feel blessed um, to, to have that as, as a way to, to live my life, and I'm very active uh, in recovery. Yeah, great. Well, thank you for sharing that. I wonder, as you look at the seven practices of the way of love, if... There are some that come maybe more naturally to you. Are you more of a student or more of a contemplative type? Are you somebody who likes to go or are you somebody who finds, um, well, sounds Veronica like rest might not be a natural one for you, but are there some that are more natural or more challenging? Okay, so I'll go first. Um, Well, definitely worship. It's kind of an <laughs> occupational hazard because I'm a priest, um, but it, it's and it, it, um, I mean that's this you know it's it's always going towards Sunday and you know that's mm. that that's another I guess rule of life is you're always preparing for Sunday um, and and I love I mean it's the highlight of my life is um, serving at the altar preaching um, um, I I love to learn so that one comes naturally. Um, I'm fairly active. I have a hard time resting. That one does mm-hmm. not. And turning, because that's one of the ones like about pausing and, and also just um, turning is also about, um, you know, admitting your sins and turning from that, because that's the whole thing in the Old Testament, right? Mm-hmm. Is like, you know, return to me, turn mm-hmm. and seek my face. Um, and I'm kind of stubborn and it's hard for me, um, but eventually I... Again, it's that tension in your belly. It's just like, oh, I know I need to, and, and but it doesn't come naturally. I, I work at that. When I was talking to some people about turning um, a group of clergy, I was reflecting on how at the beginning of every morning when I get out of bed, the first thing I do is to say the daily office, and especially, you know, it opens with a prayer of confession. And so every single morning I... I turn and and ask God for a clean slate, if you will, uh, to begin my day with. And in this conversation I was having with some clergy, they said, actually, we do that at night. (laughs) We get the the, uh, slate wiped clean in the evening as we do an examine. So their turning happens kind of as a culmination Mm -hmm. of the day, where I think of it more as beginning with a clean breast. So what about you? Do you have an easy, easy to follow way of love practice? Well, 
going is the is the most comfortable for me. I um, have more ideas of things we can do to serve God than I we have lifetimes. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's that's the easiest thing for me. I think that the uh, one of the downfalls of the Reformation was was saying that works don't count because um, <laughs> Jesus taught us talked a lot about you are to do this and you are to do that and you are to do the other thing and um, I think you can feel the love of God more easily when you're engaged um, in being the the hands and tools of God mm-hmm. so that's that's the easiest for me um, turning is is difficult for me too because to be perfectly honest I generally don't feel like that terrible a sinner so I feel fairly connected most days so <laughs> okay well I I asked you both here as we were sitting around brainstorming who it was that we might ask to speak to each of these seven different practices both of you immediately came to mind as we thought about going um, going, of course, is something that draws us out of our church into community. When I talk to people about this practice, I talk about going into places that, that aren't necessarily comfortable for us, that challenge us, that call us to, to step over boundaries into places that may be unfamiliar to us. Um, my experience with the Trinity Jersey Shore uh, program was really uncomfortable because we were. I was called. I was on a work team that was called to assist a gentleman in his home, a home that uh, I think he'd lived in for many, many years by himself as a widower, and and um, he needed a new water heater. And when we got there, we discovered that he hadn't had hot water for over a year. And that somehow, some way, he found out about this program. And so all of a sudden, I found myself in the basement with somebody who fortunately knew how to change a water heater. (laughs) And me, I was the uh, apprentice. But it was just, uh, it was awkward in in a way I can't quite describe other than to say that that this gentleman was humbled by this experience, but also really in need of, of this care. And so we were there, and um, I learned so much that day, not only about how to change a water heater, but about God's grace and about hospitality. So that was my experience in going with your program, Veronica. And I'm wondering if you could tell us more about how this program got started, the kinds of fruit that you've seen from it, and what your hopes are for it in the future. Actually, it was begun in Williamsport by a large United Methodist church as Transform Williamsport. And after they had done it for two or three years, they um, came and talked to some of us in Jersey Shore. And our ministerium decided to take it on. Um, We've been doing it for five years. This will be our sixth mission week. We uh, take applications from spring through summer, and we solicit volunteers. 
during that time. And then in the first week of August, we go out and do the repairs that we feel we can do. So what are the kinds of repairs that you've done through the years? Water heaters. Um, (laughs) We do a lot of ramps for people who are um, not able any longer to get in and out of their house. We do a lot of painting, Mm. a lot of, lot of painting. Um, We have some scrubbing and, and house cleaning and a lot of yard work. Uh, we serve mostly older people who can't keep up with their home. Um, we do some decks, repair porches a lot. Um, and we do some handicapped uh, renovations in homes like walk-in showers and things like that. Do you help people in the course of the week to make a connection to how they are being the hands and heart of Jesus and community? Or is that something that you just hope they get by osmosis? We start each morning with prayer. Everyone gathers for prayer and breakfast, Mm -hmm. uh, which gives an opportunity for the volunteers to uh, come together as a group for the people who have been there in past years to reconnect and to welcome our new volunteers. Um, then part of our program is um, what we call our our food truck. We send out in the mid-morning, we send out snacks, and at lunch we send out lunches that other churches have prepared, and mid-afternoon we send out snacks, and there's There's a couple reasons for that. First, it allows us to check on the job and see if there's anything that the workers need. Um, And it allows us to check in on the homeowners. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that naturally the the workers um, connect with the homeowners and that's where we see the action of God. Yeah. That's where we see it. That was one of my favorite parts, actually, was we're always happy to see the snack truck pull up. Right. <laughs> but but sitting out on our our homeowner's terrace, there were, th- I think, three of us working on the project. And he came out, and we sat in this little circle um, on his lawn chairs and just talked right. and shared a meal together, right. right? Isn't that the basis of the Christian right. worship, right? We shared this meal together and were able to really connect in an incarnational way, which was so great. Exactly. One of the things we emphasize with the volunteers is that we need to take we're back to rest here. We need to take these breaks, and we need to include the homeowner, if they're willing, to um, to make that connection. Yeah. Because we want to ensure, not in an obvious um, slap-you-in-the-face way, but that we are there as Christians. Mm-hmm. Um, and actually, the homeowner's generally 
in the Jersey Shore area are much more likely to break into prayer than the volunteers are. Yeah. Interesting. Yep. That's great. Yeah. The name of the program itself suggests that there's something happening beyond just fixing water heaters, right? Yes. I mean, yes. transform Jersey yes. Shore means that people's lives are being changed. Yes. Uh, we have people that we've done work for in years past who then volunteer. Mm. Uh, a big part of my job in, in coordinating the program is what to do with all the volunteers who can't do um, handiwork. Um, and that's People where, like me? No, no. <laughs> You're actually perfectly physically able. You just have to be given instruction. Mm. Um, but we do have many people who are too old or in poor health. Oh. And what we... Those people are able to help by um, preparing breakfast for the next day, uh, doing runs to the hardware store, which is forever, um, coming and, and helping people explain things. We also have a group of, uh, of little old ladies, actually, mm -hmm. who go out and put uh, smoke detectors in homes, which the Red Cross gives us. Uh, and that that's a whole group of people who who uh, can't swing a hammer, but they can use a little hand drill and, yeah. and take five seconds to put in a smoke alarm. And those women, because they're doing a very specific job, they spend a lot of time with the homeowners. Mm. Um, and amazing things happen. And who knows how many lives they save. Right. Yeah. Right. Right. So, Gina, tell us, thanks, Veronica, very much. Gina, tell us a little bit about ALERT. Uh, like I said, it's a cooperative ministry of the 10 Episcopal churches in Lancaster, and um, we can do more and better as 10 churches than each church can do on its own. Mm -hmm. um, so we try and... Um, help, um, you know, if a church has a particular ministry, like um, every year St. Thomas collects underwear. They have an underwear drive. Mm -hmm. um, so we can get the word out. You know, we can uh, get more people to to help and to contribute for that ministry. Um, you know, that's just an example. But we, um, we have something called Prayers and More, where every month we find a person or organization that needs, you know, a little bit of extra help. So we send them a check and also a, a card um, with a heartfelt message. That's the um, that's the prayers, um, just so that they know that um, you know someone is thinking about them and noticing their needs. I think that's very important. You know, so many people just go through their lives, and you know, it's like, does anyone notice that? So I think noticing someone's need is is a very powerful thing to do. Um, we have work days uh, twice a year. We get together and um, spruce up the AIDS garden in Lancaster. Um, we tend to get 20 to 25 people for that. Um, and we get done in like two hours. It's a, it's a big garden, but many hands make light mm -hmm. work and someone brings donuts and we're all working together and we get to converse as we work. And, and it's just a really great time. Um, probably our main ministry though, in the last two years has been, and we call it circle of friends. Um, Lancaster is the refugee capital, um, of the nation, um, 
per capita, Lancaster resettles more refugees than any other city right. in the United States. So we have become the circle of friends for um, a single mom and her six kids as they've um, settled in Lancaster. And that's been um, an incredible learning um, experience, but um, a very rich one, too. Um, so that's just a little bit about what we do. From some of what I've learned about ALERT, you also go across um, diocesan boundaries, across state boundaries to do some sort of relief work. Right. Um, there are mudslides in Washington State uh, so many years ago that they were one of the recipients of our prayers and more. Um, the whole thing started with um, Hurricane Sandy. Mm -hmm. um, you know, there's all that devastation along a different Jersey Shore. And um, Pete Greenfield, who uh, kind of is the inspiration and, and, and got the seeds planned for Alert, um, you know, what can we do? So, you know, we started off by, um, the first was a buckets of cleaning supplies. Mm -hmm. So uh, we collected them, and then there was a, a trip out where um, the buckets were delivered, and then a little bit later on, it was uh, buckets of um, supplies for people going back into their homes, you know, hammers, um, nails, picture frame, um, you know, uh, tape measures, you know, all the, all the, you know, when you, when you lose everything, you know, how do you restock your right. tool cabinet? So mm -hmm. it's just people going back into their homes. They need certain tools to put pictures up on the wall to, um, you know, do all the, so we, we collected, but, and, it, and it just, it sprung from there. Um, so, um, you know, we, we, we talk about helping our neighbors, but of course our neighbors are everywhere. Right. <laughs> so we, we right. you know, it's local, but, but it, it actually um, is wherever the need is. The whole idea of go uh, in the way of love reminds me a little bit of that famous saying of St. Francis, which is... Um, Preach the gospel at all times. If necessary, use words. And I think that um, that seems to be the basis for the kind of work you're both doing. When I preach about the way of love and I get to go, <laughs> my husband's heard this sermon a thousand times, but when I get to the go part, I tell a story about when I went to the Bloomsburg Fair. And I, and I went to the Bloomsburg Fair in September with a couple of colleagues, and we each had a big button on our lapel that said, Need Prayer. And the point of our visit was to walk around the fair and to invite people to have a moment of prayer with us. It was that simple. And I tell this story because so often when we're called to go, it's... Um, a little intimidating and a little scary. And so I've been trying to model this for people in our diocese. And it's not always um, successful in the way that we might categorize <laughs> success, right? And so what happened to me at the Bloomberg, Bloomsburg Fair as I walked around wanting to pray with people was that I discovered that most people go to the Bloomsburg Fair to eat corn dogs, <laughs> not to pray. Uh, but I'm just, I'm, I'm wondering, Veronica, you hinted at this a little bit already, and, and Gina, I'm not sure if it's actually even possible in some of the ways you've talked about, but 
Do you ever find yourself just pausing and praying with people that you're serving? I mean, real, literal prayer? Or do you let the work speak the prayer for you? I would say most of the time we let the work speak the prayer. Um, We often, though, pray at the end of a project Mm. because the response from the homeowner is often, oh, thank you so much, thank God for bringing you, and then that gives us an opportunity to say, well, let's take a minute and thank God for giving us the resources, for putting you in our sight, that sort of thing. Um, I think we have a built-in opportunity because most of our volunteers, not all, but most of our volunteers are connected in some way with a uh, Christian church. So the whole thing pushes people to get a little bit out of their comfort zone, and I find that our more evangelical brothers and sisters are very helpful for us Episcopalians Mm -hmm. in terms of sitting on a curb and um, saying grace before lunch and things like that 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 we are not well known for. But there are opportunities. Yeah, good. Yeah. Probably as part of the prayers and more. I mean, when I, you know, when I send a check out, um, you know, and, and um, there's usually some heartfelt words. There's always heartfelt words about um, and, and prayers for. Um, but but you talk about like comfort zone and um, you know preach the gospel and use words if necessary um, and awkwardness. I remember the first time that we met our a refugee family. Um, they hadn't been in the United States all that long, and their English was not good. Mm-hmm. And we didn't know them, and so we were in this big room, and there was food. And so, like, but how do you, like, go up and interact because right. we don't know them? There's this language barrier. And so, you know, I'm just sitting there and just feeling really awkward and wondering, what should I do? Um, and, you know, the kids are, you know, doing what So, and I forget which kid it was, but, you know, there was this one young child um, and she just kind of looked at me, and I looked at her, and then she just like dashed off, and it was just like. <laughs> mm-hmm. So then I, you know, I and so it was just a game of like tag, catch me, you know, mm-hmm. you can't catch me. So the next <laughs> thing, and then the, the other kids, the younger ones, start, and so, and I'm the only adult. <laughs> the other adults didn't join it, which is fine. Um, but that's kind of that was like my connection yeah. with those kids. It was just like you know we can't talk. But I can chase you, and you know, and it's that mm-hmm. universal look because I'm, you know, that's got to be a game that like every kid plays everywhere. But it really helped to break the ice. Um, so it was just kind of, you know, preach the gospel. You know, use words. Of, I mean, words weren't necessary, and that helped to break down the barrier. Uh, and, and and you know, and there's got to work. So that's great. Yeah, I love that. Yeah. Well, one of the questions I've been asking each of our participants in the podcast is if Jesus showed up right now, if he knocked on my office door and, and came in and saw us sitting here around the table with microphones, and if he, <laughs> and if he pulled up a chair, what, what do you think you'd want to tell him about the work you're doing, about going out in his name? Um, or what do you think he might want to say to you? in terms of um, a message that you might, he might want you to carry to the people in Jersey Shore or to 
the folks that you're serving through alert. So here's your chance to talk. Well, I know what I'd say to Jesus. Um, I tell Jesus it's hard. Mm. Um, A lot of the work that we do, at least from my point of view, I'm one of the people that goes out and scopes out jobs, looks at the applications and sees if it's something that we can possibly do. And we, and I, one of the big decisions that I'm part of making, is it something that is advantageous to do? Uh, Sometimes we're faced with situations where we know we can put a lot of time, money and energy into something and come we can we know that when we come back a year later it will have been undone mm-hmm. uh, and they're tough decisions right it's also um, hard because it's stepping out of the comfort zone I'm not a priest and I don't wear my little white collar and um, you are a priest but you don't wear your white collar. right I, I am a priest but that's not apparent to people correct. And I'm sometimes treated in ways that um, priest or not are, are offensive, that I think that generally if people knew I was a pastor, they, they would not <laughs> treat me that way. And that's really uh, eye-opening. Yeah. Um, so I think I tell Jesus it's hard. Yeah. How about you, Gina? Okay, so I would be struck dumb because it's Jesus in the room. Uh, right. <laughs> And, and uh, I would probably babble something incoherent, and then I'd go home, and like two hours later, I was like, oh, this is what I should have said. <laughs> but what I would want to say is just um, is just to say thank you, you know? Thank you for showing us the way mm-hmm. of love. Mm-hmm. Um, and what I, I think Jesus would want to say, and what Jesus did say by his life was just, you know, you know, everyone's beloved, you know, go out and make sure that they know that. And, and it's so the thing that gets me, because, you know, this whole thing with go, and I, I looked it up, you know, it's cross boundaries. And, and that's just so interesting to me, because the thing is, is, is what we, and what we don't realize is that there aren't boundaries, right? right? The only boundaries there are, are the ones in our mind, right? right. Um, like, we're never separated from God except for in our mind. And when we awaken to that fact, you know, and the same thing with people, that, you know, there are no boundaries, that everyone belongs. Um, and, and once we wake up, and that we need each other, you know, I need you, you need me. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, you know, our lives depend upon each other. And, you know, once we realize this, <laughs> the world would be just a different place. Yeah. Um, so... You know, God's love, it, it erases the boundaries that we have so foolishly set up. I mean, if we truly knew God, there would no be, be no boundaries. And um, It is a construct of humankind, isn't it? it definitely, yeah. yes. So, um, and so we have a lot of work to do um, as priests, uh, as people of God, to, to let, you know, to get that message out there because mm-hmm. it's very countercultural. It's not what our society is telling us. Um, so we, we have a lot of work to do and it's good work to do. Um, so I'm, I'm very, you know, I'll be grateful when I, when we don't have to do that work. Right. Um, yeah. Yeah. One of the things I've learned too, is that 
Getting out the first time is the hardest. Going the first time, crossing boundaries that, you know, regardless who made them, getting over that hump the first time is the most difficult. Right, because, you know, they are us, we are Mm -hmm. them. Yeah. Yeah. It's not that hard. Yeah. And but it is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep. It is just like, it is hard. So we're not running this as an advertisement, but I am curious what the dates are of each of, of Transform Jersey Shore and how people could get in touch with either of you if they were interested in learning more about Transform Jersey Shore or Alert. Transform Jersey Shore's work week this year is August 5th through 9th. Mm-hmm. It's the first full week of August. And um, anyone could go to uh, Trinity Episcopal Church Jersey Shore's website and connect. Great. Well, thank you. Gina, how about you? We don't have specific dates because our work is ongoing throughout the year. Um we're always looking for volunteers uh, to help. There's always more work um, than we have workers for. Um, probably the best way is um, St. John's Marietta has a website. You Google it. Um, I've got contact information. Um, and, you know, feel free to give me a call, an email. Um, I'm happy to to connect. Great. Well, thank you both for leading us. In, in this practice. I want to f- finish with a prayer. We've, uh, the Episcopal Church has come out with prayers of the people for the way of love, and so I'd like to use the petition for go. Savior, you came into our midst that we might know life. Embolden us to go among those who are weary, burdened, sick, or imprisoned, that we might live like you, crossing the boundaries that divide rich from poor, sick from well, sinner from saint. We pray together, Jesus, guide us in your way, guide us in the way of love. Amen. 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 Amen.